Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and all my venture crypto capitalist friends out there. Welcome to ICO 101, a crypto 101 podcast. I'm your host, Aaron Paul. At ICO 101, we look at upcoming coin and token offerings from the average person's perspective. That is, you and me. We preview pre and post sale offerings while engaging with the leaders of these companies in order to help you make an informed decision on how you want to participate in those offerings. ICO 101 podcast is on the Crypto 101 podcast feed, so please find Crypto 101 podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, and CastBox. Leave a positive rating and subscribe to it. It helps us stay at the top charts. Visit our website at ICO101podcast.com. I'm very active on Twitter, so please follow me there at sup Aaron Paul. And while you're at it, follow the show at ICO101podcast. Send me all the private messages you want. I love getting them and try to respond as fast as I can. And finally, this interview is sponsored, so I feel obligated to give you my personal integrity disclaimer. I do not interview any different whether an episode is sponsored or unsponsored. We are always looking out for you, the average consumer, and my interviews will always reflect that. Please don't forget that I am not a professional investment institution, bank, lawyer, or accountant. I'm not offering any legal accounting or financial advice, so please make sure you listen, take notes, research, and make your own informed decisions when deciding to invest. In this episode, I got a chance to speak with Jamal Hazem the founder and CEO of Bolt. Bolt is an existing mobile-focused video content platform centered on delivering live sport and trendy video highlights in less than five-minute duration clips to emerging markets that are constrained by bandwidth. Bolt is a profitable company with robust partnerships, and they are providing tremendous value to emerging markets all over the world. And in this episode, we discuss both the challenges and opportunities doing business in emerging markets and why they decided to utilize blockchain technology to overcome those challenges. I really enjoyed this conversation and I hope you do as well. So without further ado, please enjoy my interview. Jamal Hazem, founder, CEO of Bolt. Welcome to ICO 101. Hey Aaron, great to be here. Thank you very much. And to all your listeners, hi guys. So what we want to do today, we want to talk about, well, really what you guys have going on. I want to talk about the Bolt Network and the evolution of it, how it started and where it's going. But before that, let's talk about you. Who are you? Tell the listeners about yourself. I was a trained lawyer, um, went into finance for a number of years. Let's just say got lost in the finance world, re-emerged into advertising and spent the bulk of my career actually in broadcasting. Mm. So I've been involved very heavily in the TV and to some extent the radio broadcasting industry, primarily in Southeast Asia, in the Indian Ocean and also in Africa. And you know, it ranged from doing strategy work for broadcasters all the way to uh, doing restructuring. And my last uh, uh, shall, you call, uh, shall we call it venture, uh, was actually a TV broadcast network that I started up and owned in Malaysia. Awesome. And uh, yeah, successfully sold that about 10 years ago and then went into exploring content delivery online uh, for the last decade, really. And uh, where we are with Paul is a venture that, you know, I started with my co-founder, Crystal Quack, uh, about two and a half years ago. And the idea was to specifically focus on short trending and live video content delivery over mobile. Mm -hmm. But the focus here is the fact that we are actually addressing the emerging markets, right? Yes. Which are 
very, very much underserved simply because the bulk of them are unbanked and cannot afford nor have the means to actually access uh, premium content. So they basically just drop off the information grid. Yeah. So you guys are an existing company. Bolt is an existing yes. company. Is that correct? It is correct. Uh, we've been operating for two and a half years. Uh, we run a tight ship. We are already profitable and, you know, we're expanding really. So you're already profitable. You're an existing yep. company and your target yep. is the emerging markets. What exactly do you deliver to the end user in those emerging markets? So a lot of your listeners, particularly those in the, the more developed markets, will be very familiar with pay TV, cable, you know, uh, satellite delivery uh, in terms of premium TV content, right? Mm -hmm. So essentially what we've done is created uh, a mobile version using microtransactions to make premium content which ranges from news to music to current affairs to education content and sport. Mm -hmm. um, to viewers in the emerging markets, you know, who currently just can't get access to content like this. So our focus is completely on mobile. We don't do anything over and beyond mobile, mm -hmm. uh, which said a lot more focus for us. Sure. And we've got a very, very heavy focus on sport, right? which is particularly important to viewers in the emerging markets, specifically soccer, uh, as it's known in the U.S., or football, and uh, cricket. Which emerging markets are you focused on? So right now, we're very uh, much represented uh, in a number of key markets, which are essentially Indonesia, uh, Malaysia, uh, the Philippines, Singapore, Bangladesh, Kenya, and uh, we're continuing to expand on those continents. So we've got a, basically a roadmap of countries, uh, for instance, in South Asia, where Bangladesh is, which include after Bangladesh, uh, Pakistan, India, Sri Lanka, and in, uh, or on the African continent, we currently are already present in Kenya, but we've got Nigeria, Ghana, uh, South Africa lined up next. So in yeah. each of those, We've got a runaway of countries uh, that we've already lined up over and beyond the existing markets that we're in right now. So the common trend, the common thread uh, that these are largely countries that are developing, essentially. Yeah. yeah. My wife is from the Philippines originally, and she oh, born, I, born and raised there. I've spent a lot of time in the Philippines. And you get it. Yeah, I get it 100%. And it's what's yeah. interesting that an American, I think, doesn't quite get is when you talk about the unbanked, when you talk mm -hmm. about the poverty levels, it's amazing, yeah. though, that they have mobile phones, smartphones. Mm -hmm. Almost mm -hmm. everybody does, right? But they're not going to buy a Mac. They're not going to buy... They're not going to be able to really afford the extra internet service. They're going to get enough no. to get that smartphone and to get that network connection. And um, one of the things that I saw in your guys' value proposition, which yeah. I'd like to talk about, is you mm -hmm. guys have a less data consumed per HD streaming, meaning you can offer HD at a very low consumption in terms of data. Is that correct? Is that how I understand it? Yeah, I mentioned earlier that we got started on this um, whole online space about 10 years ago. And if you think about the state of the infrastructure back then, 
Uh, in many markets, there was no 3G. Yeah. In a number of markets, there weren't even, well, most markets, they weren't even smartphones, right? They were right. just basic feature phones. Yep. But we were already streaming back then, right? We were the nascent stages of streaming over 2.5G and onto uh, feature phones, right? So that has kind of stuck in our DNA. So to give you an example, our lowest bandwidth that we deliver at is at 85 kilobits per second, right? Which is good enough to deliver over a 2.5G network, right? Which still exists in a lot of parts of the world. Yes. Um, and then, you know, our highest bit rate is only about, uh, I would say about 250 kilobits per second. Yes. If you compare that to other services, they're running probably at three or four times that data consumption uh, level, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, this is uh, leveraging off our experience in terms of how we tweak the audio and video combination to deliver, you know, uh, a good experience for the consumers. For sure. us, the main thing is we don't want the service to buffer, oh. right? Yeah, you know, uh, as you would get particularly on mobile, right? So yes. nothing more irritating when, when you're watching a video, particularly a live match, for instance, and then yes. it breaks off and starts buffering. So for us, um, our adaptive bitrate streaming is actually able to adjust the video stream according to the available bandwidth, which varies at any one point of time to ensure that the stream is continuous, basically. I know we're going to talk about blockchain technology. And, and yeah. I want to get to the problems that you guys are looking to solve, but I really want to frame this context of yeah. emerging markets for the listeners mm -hmm. in the developed markets by asking you a question of, or highlight something that I saw in your white paper, which is you're not trying yeah. to go head to head with Netflix or any other bigger streaming service that's trying to get into those markets. You're no. giving three minute bursts, five minute yeah. bursts. Is that correct? Why and did you choose that direction? Because it's about the everyday moments, right? It's about the everyday moments because what we want is have our users connect throughout the day with us, right? Mm -hmm. Not once a week, not once in two weeks to catch a big movie or a tenpole moment or to binge watch on a particular series, right? Yeah. We want them to come back every day, a couple of times a day because there's always something interesting to watch, right? How many times has it been that, you know, you go into a Netflix and you can't find something you actually want to watch, right? Too often, I think. Too often, so, which is crazy. Yeah, and, you know, we, we just pay, right? We just pay at the end of every month. We don't ask the question, do I actually watch enough of this, right, to be paying this amount? So for our users in the developing markets, that's not even a question because they can't afford it, right? Mm. So for them, it's about micro bite-sized snacking, you know, on our content. And we make the plans so simple, right? To give you an idea, in Malaysia, for instance, right, to watch an unlimited amount of content for 24 hours, it's about the equivalent of about 10 cents US. For a week, it's about 35, 40 cents. And for a whole month, it's slightly less than a dollar. That's what, right? that's what Bolt's charging in Indonesia yes. right now. Wow. In, in Malaysia, but it's I'm more... Sorry, Malaysia. Yeah, so, you know, it, what we do is basically we suss out a market, right, and look at the level of disposable income mm -hmm. and the cost of primary goods within a certain country. So it's not a random pricing, right? Sure. And price ourselves accordingly because a price, for instance, that applies in Malaysia uh, may not fly in Indonesia because disposable income is lower, mm -hmm. right? So, so we adapt accordingly. Yeah. I apologize. So you have a company, Bolt. You have a target yeah. market. You're yeah. in the emerging markets. But then you yes. discover a problem. 
what was that problem? Well, um, you know, for one thing, well, a number of problems really. Um, the first is that uh, the bulk of our users are actually unbanked, right? Yep. So they, previous to our development on the blockchain, were primarily uh, paying through their mobile wallets. So they top up their phone, you know, every couple of days or every week or every month, right? Yep. And from there, you know, they kind of start paying for stuff, right? But, you know, it's still quite clunky. And the telcos, truth be told, are not the best at managing the customer experience, mm-hmm. right? And when it comes to content, forget it, right? They're, they're just not in the game. For sure. So that was the first problem, right? And I, I guess the second was, you know, to take out all those unnecessary middle layers, right? That were just adding all kinds of costs to the final price to the consumer, mm-hmm. right? Which for us just didn't make sense. We said to ourselves, hey, look, we know the customer, we can connect with them directly, and we're talking to them directly. Why are we <laughs> sort of building the commercial model in an indirect methodology? I think that's the second issue. The third was really for our content providers. See, right now, we primarily curate and aggregate the content from all kinds of sources, right, and bring together a compelling offering to our consumers. Yes. But we also recognize, right, that in each market, and we're in multiple markets now, if we are to scale, we need to harness the power of content creation of our community, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Original content, culturally relevant and and significant, yes. Exactly, right? But we didn't want to shortchange them, right? So, you know, they're creating something valuable for us. How do we reward them in a meaningful manner, Right. right? So that was a third problem. The fourth one was really, you know, where in developing markets where we see so much poverty, right? You know, and we said to ourselves, what can we actually do to give something back, right? Mm-hmm. To try in some small way, elevate this, these communities that are really helping us by being viewers. So it was really these four problems that we were trying to solve, right? And for the longest time, we didn't see it. And then, you know, we had this aha moment, principally from my co-founder, who is uh, coincidentally also advising a couple of other blockchain-based companies. And she said, Yeah, and Zilliqa, and Switch. And she said to me, hey, dude, you know, this has been staring at us in the face, right, all this time. we got to get onto the blockchain because we have a real way of actually solving these problems. Took me six months, but I never looked back. Yeah. So I have two questions because yeah. I'm a silly guy. Does Crystal really call you dude? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Occasionally. <laughs> when she gets an aha moment. <laughs> that's awesome. I'm looking forward to meeting her or talking to her. Yeah, um, for sure. For my, sure. S- my second question is how long did it take you? Were you familiar with blockchain before she brought this to your attention? And no. are you saying... Oh, so no. So then it took you six months just to, to figure convinced. out what the heck it was. To be convinced because I said, it can't be done, right? I've been cracking my head as a broadcaster, as a consultant, and, you know, the monopolies within the content stroke media industry are so entrenched, it's unshakable. And it took me six months, but when I saw it, I literally, I saw the light and I never looked back, really. That's awesome. And I want to highlight that for the listeners because... Sometimes the average consumer gets in here and we go, wow, it's so difficult. We don't understand. We don't have a tech background. And yeah, tech people get it. But even Mm -hmm. tech people 
have a hard time wrapping their head around it. It takes many months. And I, and I need people to hear that if you have general intelligence, then yeah. you'll have everything that you need to learn about blockchain technology and cryptocurrencies. You just need to put in the work. It, Aaron, I, I'm, I'll be happy, you know, if I can come and help people understand this great new thing that is in front of us. Yeah. Because, you know, I've seen in my lifetime a lot of game-changing things, you know, the semiconductor, the internet. I think this is the third one, right? Mm. This is the third wave. And, you know, it's staring us in the face, but there's so much jargon, there's so much complexity put around it that it's difficult for the average show to get their teeth around it, right? Yeah, sometimes. But, yeah, but if I can, I think everyone can. I think it's just a question of making it relatable, really, mm. right? If we've got a problem, Yeah. this is how we solve it. Yeah, well, and ICO 101 and Crypto 101 are here to help as well, my friend. <laughs> Absolutely, that's why we're here. So and look, with you. now that Bolt is being decentralized, yeah. how are you going to provide value, content, access how do you grow your business how will you continue to be profitable in a decentralized future where it is hard it is a bit confusing you're in emerging markets and people are unbanked and how are they going to a get and receive cryptocurrency payments b pay with bolt or whatever they can pay with yeah Fantastic questions and you know which kind of leads me to the big thing right which is utility you know i think this is essential to the longevity and the growth of this whole blockchain stroke crypto space you know it's all about utility 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 and accessibility as you put it right well for starters right most of our users already need as a prerequisite have a phone with a phone they have a mobile account that's all we need basically right so we work currently with the mobile or stroke telco providers, right, to basically work through their existing mobile wallet. However, the game plan essentially if is to completely decentralize, you know, that whole experience where they have a standalone wallet each by themselves. And I'm going to talk about this in a second. But we need an evolution, right? They need something that they can grasp, something that they already understand and to, to get with the program, shall we say, mm-hmm. right? before we evolve them further onto the, the whole decentralized ecosystem. So, you know, so basically we work off their existing mobile wallets now. So what we're doing is we've created a number of partnerships, right, with major institutions that will take the tokens of us or acquire the tokens of us and distribute it to... What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. 
Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. There, whether it's subscriber base or customers or prospective customers, right, mm-hmm. as, uh, as a reward, essentially. Yes. And this is the nascent introduction of these previously uninitiated uh, consumers of the token and the whole ecosystem. For us, it needs the whole blockchain backend needs to be invisible. So it, you know, so the experience they have is what they see in front of them, right? The machinery that follows up, uh, that provides transparency, uh, that provides accessibility, it's all there when they need it, right? But the whole idea is make the user experience as easy, as simple, and as relatable uh, as it can be immediately. All right. So I'm going to use Philippines because we were talking about the Philippines. Take an unbanked Filipino, and they have a smartphone. They have a mobile wallet. They're using a telecommunications provider. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They want to pay for your subscription service. They want to take their peso. They're going to convert yep. that peso to what? How is it going to work? So what they will do, right, is the machinery of, well, stage one anyway, uh, will be uh, they will want access to a particular piece of content, right? So they have pre-existing credit within their wallets, which they would have had from topping up their phones, you know, to have data to use for other services, including... Hold on on to that. In emerging countries, when he means top-up, literally, you have a smartphone, you drive your scooter up to a booth, you say, I'm going to give you X number of pesos, and I need this number of data service on my phone, and it's a transaction right there that happens. Mm -hmm. It's not a monthly draw. It's not a monthly uh, set thing. Now, they do have it, but yeah. on average, this is what they do. Now that I've framed that, please. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I couldn't have put it better, actually. So basically, they allocate. Uh, they say, okay, I want to watch this basketball game uh, for 24 hours, right? I hit watch now. So behind there, their uh, top-up that has been equated for 24-hour access mm. then gets converted to a token, Okay. right? which the telco had already previously stocked up and is holding in a repository, basically. So that conversion happens almost automatically once the user says, watch now. Mm -hmm. So that's one scenario. Second scenario would be where the telco or the carrier has already acquired the tokens of us and they're uh, trying to attract, say, a user from another telco, and they say, hey, come over to us, and you get, uh, together with your data plan, access to Bolt for, you know, one week or one month, uh, as the case may be. 
And then that then also is another scenario where the telco actually allocates a certain number of tokens for weekly or monthly access to that particular user. Okay. So the intermediary at this phase one becomes institutions like telcos. Uh, we even have a financial institution, believe it or not, which is coming on board, which acquiring tokens for their customers. That's so great. that's how it all starts off. Hmm. And uh, we actually have major, major development, right, which I want to share. And this is almost like an exclusive, Aaron, because uh, we've not previously shared this, right? Boom. So we'll, we'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> Excited. We um, acquired the uh, broadcast rights to the uh, 2019 Cricket World Cup, right? So wow. this is a deal that we signed with the International Cricket Council for the whole of Southeast Asia, where we have the live rights, plus the markets where we don't have the live rights, we're actually putting out at the top of every hour of match, uh, the highlights of the last hour, almost live basis, right? And we are making this a token-only event. If you think about it, wow. there are almost a billion cricket followers out there. That's how big the market is. Right? Wow. Well, congratulations. That's awesome. And the listeners out there... We do have some Australians out there. We got some London. We're all over the world. Uh, we got a lot of like, US, okay, but for yeah. the Americans, that's a big deal. <laughs> yeah, it's like the playoffs for the NFL, right? So it's um, it's once in a four-year tournament. Yeah, it's token-only access, and we are going to be running programs basically with our tokens to bring intending viewers onto the board network. And right. I was going to jump right into that. So mm -hmm. let's go back to our, our Filipino citizen. They want to earn Bolt, but they're going to get some of it built into their plan, yes. But now they want to use Bolt because you guys have on your website, within 30 days of completion of this token, you guys will be yeah. listed on Switch to the decentralized exchange. So yeah. this gives tremendous opportunity for yeah. someone to convert mm -hmm. Bolt if they wanted to, to trade and to start accumulating cryptocurrencies. Yes. Yeah. How can um, they do that independent of the peso? They can, and that's where we want to get to in phase two, if not phase one, right? You remember I was saying to you earlier, you asked me what were the problems we were looking to solve, right? So mm -hmm. that was problem number four. How do we give the community out there, particularly in the developing markets, an opportunity right, to uplift themselves? Mm -hmm. with getting involved in meaningful activity in and around the bold network. I mean, to give you a very practical example, right? I gave the example earlier of uh, someone producing content for us, or it could be as simple as um, doing a review of a particular piece of content or subtitling piece of content or even validating a piece of content. I'll come back to that in a second. Okay. So all these activities, we basically have it within our metrics, right? to award that particular participant X number of tokens. So those tokens that are earned by the work they put in, one of two ways, right? Obviously, as you rightly put, we're going to list on Switcho as the first one. But I can tell you that we're working on a couple of other uh, major exchanges that are going to come after Switcho mm -hmm. to create liquidity for our users. So they can go onto the market directly themselves, or the other option is we will be doing or running frequent buyback programs, 
right? Where we go back to the community and say, guys, so those of you who are holding tokens, uh, we're doing a buyback, right? Uh, what's, so, what's the reason you know, for the buyback? Well, it's to provide liquidity, really, uh, for our customers because, look, not all of them are going to be conversant enough to be able to go onto the exchange, register account, yep. and, and so on, right? So we're going to take the pain out of it by doing these buyback programs, Good. essentially. I'm glad you said that. that I yeah. was going to ask that a little bit later. Yeah. So your deliverables, phase one, mm-hmm. phase two, and phase three, can you say what those phases are? Yeah, Absolutely. I mean, phase one for us, right, is basically geographically expanding our footprint far beyond, you know, where we are in right now. And um, I've actually shared with you the means by how we're going to do it, right? So, yes, we are geographically present in, you know, five markets right now. But with the upcoming Cricket World Cup, basically, we're going to use that as a way and means, right, to pull users from all over the planet as long as, uh, you know, they're cricket fans, basically. And remember, there's a base of a billion people there from all over, right? Mm -hmm. So that's the first part of phase one. Second part of phase one still is actually onboarding institutional partners, which we're already doing, to basically come and buy the tokens off us in bulk, right? To start distributing that to their subscribers. So that will be in my view, phase one. Phase two is where we have our users or consumers or viewers comfortable enough, right, and familiar enough to directly acquire the tokens without the need to go through a carrier or a telco as an intermediary or, you know, financial institutions, for instance. So do, do your, sorry to cut you off there, but do your original partners know that that's part of your phase two? And how do you rectify that with them when right now, you know, you're, you're trying to cut out the middleman and they kind of yeah. are the middleman? Yeah, you know, look, I, you know, I've been in business long enough, right, to know that there are different shapes and forms of partnerships, right? Mm-hmm. We'll all evolve as long as there's a value proposition for each side, right? But no partnership remains static in the form that it was set up today, tomorrow, right? So, you know, I'm confident that we will still find the basis for partnerships. Telcos will still, for instance, still need to sell data, Yes. And our customers will still need data to watch yes. the stuff that we're serving to them. So I'm confident we'll find a partnership. It will evolve, obviously. But I'll share this nugget, right? The telcos today uh, spend about 30% of their operating costs on managing customers, onboarding them, keeping it sticky, billing them. And in you know many, many cases, also dealing with their departure to another network, right? Yeah. That's almost 30, 35% of their cost, right? Okay. Imagine what a decentralized commercial system, like what we're doing, can do to come into the picture and help the telco save this 30, 35% mm. cost. I'll put that out there. Oh, good. Right? Did I cut you off in the middle of phase two or were we ready to go to no, phase three? No, I mean, <laughs> that's pretty much it. I was just uh, going to launch into phase three. But yeah, uh, since since you've given me the floor, uh, up till now, we've been talking very much about the developing markets, right? I mean, for me, I think phase three, and it's not a, a very distant future. I see both being 
something that the entire world adopts, regardless of whether they are a user in a developed country or a developing country, because it will have far and wide-ranging applicability to all demographics. Yeah, so for me, that's our roadmap in terms of phases. Phase one is Q1 of 19. When is phase two and phase three? Literally, we, we're talking an 18, 24-month horizon. You know, it may be more compressed, but as it stands right now, we're, we're looking at 24-month horizon to, to get to phase three. What was profitable before you guys decided to do a token raise? Yeah. Why do a token raise? It's it's about how fast we can expand, right? One was about you know all the problems that we wanted to solve by getting onto the blockchain. I think we've discussed that. Mm-hmm. Second, you know, we saw that as an opportunity to also onboard stakeholders who are the community and who can provide strategic value to help us to expand in terms of funding for one, right? And second, in terms of know-how and networking. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'd say, you know, funding is important definitely to allow and help us to accelerate faster than we're at right now. But the networking and the community base for me is the real, you know, long-term tangible value, you know, the community that's connected with us and that's feeding back to us intel, right, about how we're doing in the market and how we can do so much better. Mm. And Aaron, I want to touch on that point about um, that fundraise, right? So, you know, we could have gone and done a token raise two years ago when all it was was, you know, a piece of paper. But we didn't do it. Uh, We didn't do it because granted, you know, uh, it was still early days for us uh, in terms of blockchain visibility. Mm -hmm. But I think the bigger factor for us was actually the level of responsibility for us, you know, to be able to say this case study that we're sitting on actually works, right? It's already delivering. And what we need you to help us with in terms of your contribution is to help us accelerate, not to help us prove that this case works. That's the difference, mm. right? Mm. So we came at a stage where we said, look, we're ready to grow. We've got all these markets that we have lined up. We have the model to, to, to attack these markets. Mm-hmm. Now all we need is the crypto or financial bandwidth to go out there and get it, yeah. get the job done. I appreciate so, you saying that. Where would you point our community members who want to learn more about Bolt, the network, the token raise, if they want to get involved in your community, are you guys hiring anything? If somebody wants to explore Bolt, how do they do that? The simplest, obviously, is to join our Bolt.Global Telegram community. That's where we keep everyone abreast. There's news every day, right? Uh, and it's not just news for the sake of news. You know, we actually share with you content that we're producing each day stuff that the team is working on, new markets that we're in, partnerships that we have signed up. So it's all there, right? You know, when I talk about product, <laughs> I said to the team, guys, we're, we're a video company, right? Let's post some video and make it interesting, right? <laughs> Otherwise, it's so dry. Yeah. So there's actually actually stuff to go there and watch daily, you know? So it's, it's quite fun as well. Yeah. I apologize. So, when I was doing my research, I actually didn't dig into your telegram group i'm normally in them and i as yeah. soon as we hang up i will i'll join i'm looking forward to visiting with the community and seeing what you guys have up there 
Yeah, and uh, we look forward to your listeners joining us as well. When does, um, the, when does the token event start and when does it end? So we're, um, you know, we haven't announced the exact dates yet. Okay. Um, so it's not dependent on the market. Let me be clear about that, right? Because I, I think we want to stand up and be counted. And I think if you're a good project, you're a good project, regardless of the state of the market. So Fantastic. it's more... Yeah, I mean, it's it's related more to our own operational bandwidth right now. So the approximate timeline is that, you know, it's going to be in the first or second week of December and it'll run uh, approximately for 10 days. But final dates to be confirmed. And as I said earlier, you know, to, to stay abreast of announcements and developments, just join our Telegram channel. Your listeners can also go to our website, which is basically www.bolt.global. That's www.bolt.global. We'll be posting stuff on the website as well to uh, keep everyone updated. Really. Mm. Yeah. Where can people follow you? Uh, <laughs> we've got our Bolt Twitter page. Um, so I, I tend to put most of the voicing through our Bolt Twitter channel. So that's where it's all happening. And uh, I've got my LinkedIn profile as well. But I, I think, you know, just focus on the Bolt Telegram channel, focus on the website and focus on our, our Twitter channel. There's stuff happening a couple of times a day there. So it's always interesting. Jamal. Thank you very much for being on the show. I really appreciate it. I'm looking forward to watching you guys progress. I think that you guys do have something unique, and I'm not just saying that. Um, you know, <laughs> having spent some time abroad, Matthew Aaron, the host of Crypto 101, we've spent a lot of time abroad outside of the United States. So I can see and understand what you guys are doing, and I, I think it's, it's good work, and I'm happy you guys are not launching based on market conditions and yeah. you very much seem like a company that is building and you have something that works so you have something yeah. you can show people it's it's just yeah. different in this market <laughs> right now where a lot of things just don't work there isn't yeah. a real use case it's yeah. more of finding a problem looking for a yeah. problem trying to create a problem yeah. Where you really got you guys really have something to work with. So I appreciate you being on. Thank you very much and I look forward to chatting with you more soon. Aaron, thank you to I love the fact that you get it, that you can relate to it. Thank you for the opportunity to speak to your listeners. I know their time is precious, so if they're listening in, appreciate the time that they've taken to listen. I do think we're making a difference. You know, the time that the team and I have spent working on this project, I can safely say, you know, it's bearing fruit. So really, really pleased and happy to uh, share it with all of you. Fantastic. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Yo, yo, everyone. Thanks again for listening. If you enjoyed the show, then check out the links on the show notes. And don't forget to subscribe to ICO 101 Podcast by going to the Crypto 101 podcast feed that is found on iTunes, SoundCloud, and CastBox. Leave a positive review. Please follow me on Twitter at SupAaronPaul, and don't forget to follow the podcast on Twitter as well, at ICO101Podcast. Until next time, peace.
Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.